It is Monday, May 22nd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by MLB Nine Innings. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. So we saw you in the booth this weekend up in Anaheim Twins Halos. How'd that go for you? Fun? I had so much fun. You know, I, I tweeted out yesterday, like sitting between Dick, who's a legend, he's been there forever, and then Morney, who was my mentor uh, when I was playing, and he's helped me immensely, you know, kind of get into this. It was it was surreal, man. I was like calling a game that Shohei was pitching, and mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I, I felt really, really comfortable up there. It was and, – and doing stuff like this has really helped me, and you know, talking baseball and seeing the game in front of you and just being able to comment on it. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was like a dream for me, to be honest with you. I said, to be honest well, with we're you. Well, we're all very – that's okay, but you can be honest with me. Um, we're very proud of you. You did great. When's the next time we'll see you do twin stuff? I'll do some pre and post, but in the booth, which I think now like I'm just in the booth. Like I was going to be on the sideline, right. and they said, you know what? Get in the booth, and I did. Yep. I will be doing the Tampa-Toronto series uh, with the twins. That's early June. Okay, great. We look forward to it. Sounds awesome. Uh, today's show sponsored by MLB nine innings, which has a wide variety of game modes from league mode where users play through an entire season to live play by play. They have over 2000 player cards to collect and use in your dream roster, which of course are the most up-to-date rosters along with most up-to-date team logos, parks, and unis this year. They've introduced new historic hall of famers to MLB nine innings roster, including Larry Walker, Walter Johnson, Hank Aaron, Mike Schmidt, Trevor Hoffman. So download and play MLB nine innings 23 today with the link in the description. And don't forget it's another week where it's our MLB nine innings question of the week. Get those in by Thursday night on our social media feeds. Chris Rose sports will pick one. Whoever does that will become rich, famous and get some baseball today swag. So get it going. Uh, There was so much going on this weekend. We don't even have time to talk about Fromber's two hit shutout. Christopher Morrell's power surge on the North side of Chicago. We will start, though, with the New York Mets, one of six teams to sweep this weekend. I don't really want to talk about it because the sweep came against my Cleveland Guardians. Mm -hmm. Walk off on Friday with a huge come-from-behind win. They won a doubleheader on Sunday. Is New York officially off and running, or was it just a few really good days against a team that is massively struggling? I think you could probably say a little bit of both, but the formula in which the the Mets did it this weekend is kind of what we expected from them. You have the big homer by Pete, then your guy, I'm sorry he did it to you, uh, Lindor with the walk-off, and then the rain out, and then if you're the Guardians and you're looking up at the schedule and you got Scherzer and Verlander slated to go against you, that's a daunting task. I know that you know we're not exactly in... Well, we could, I don't want to say we're not prime Verlander, prime Scherzer. I mean, maybe that's a fair assessment, but uh, they sure look like it. So you get those starts from those guys. You know, you get some timely hitting by the Mets. It kind of seems like what we, like I said, what we expected out of them uh, to start the year. So I believe it was last week, Alonzo hit the homer. And I think you asked me the same question. Like, is this, is this one at back and again and going? And I wasn't sure. I wanted to see more. Well, I, I saw more and. Is it the Gary Sanchez effect? No, I'm just kidding. Ah, but they looked good. And like I, I said, this is this is the team that I think we're going to see the rest of the year. Like a good baseball team that can score some runs and get some really good starts from their pitchers and could be a, a real problem in the NL East. 
they've dodged a lot so far through the first quarter of the season, right? Particularly with the starting rotation. Verlander getting pushed back basically six weeks because of injury. Scherzer, ineffective, suspension, banged up the whole bit. We haven't seen Jose Quintana yet. They So they've been all over the place. I still do worry a little bit about Cookie Carrasco as much as I root for him. Um, it just doesn't look like that's a, a long-term answer. I'd be shocked if he's part of their rotation once Quintana is healthy come midseason, if indeed he's healthy. Uh, but the big thing is Pete Alonso. He is the heartbeat of that team, man. And it's interesting because during this five-game winning streak, he's only gotten four hits. He's four for 21. Three have left the yard, mm-hmm. and he's only strike, he's only struck out twice. That's a big deal because he's actually putting some good swings on the ball, even when he's getting out. It's like he's hit a few to the track. It just feels like he is on a surge. And I know he's not. His batting averages were shit. Um, But it just feels like when he is a threat to go deep every time he's in the box, and that feels like right now that they're in a good good place. Yeah, something they need to work on. They're, they've been outscored 41-10 to 10 in the first inning this season. That was going into Friday's game, like, that that's tough when you're working from behind, but you know, they've been able to stay afloat. They're over 500. Now it's going into the season, looking at the roster and then the kind of start they had, there was only, it's only a matter of time. Like I said, it's a long season. So these teams, as the season gets going and you get guys healthy or feeling good after the cold weather, sometimes that helps. Like there was only so much that could keep this team down in my opinion. Uh, so they're back up to second place. They're two games over 500, just five games back of the Braves. They have a day off, and then New York will be on the north side of Chicago against the struggling Chicago Cubs starting Tuesday. Hey, nice uh, start York's by Bieber. Team. Yeah, great. Right? We'll talk about the Guardians at some point this week. And Okay. I just want to give a little love to your boy. Guardians. Hey, he pitched great, and Tanner Bybee, the kid in the first game, he wasn't at his best, but he got him through six innings and did a really good job, and they were in position to win both games late, and they didn't. So that's that's a whole other issue, which I don't want to talk about today because I want to be happy on a Monday. Okay. Uh, New York's other team continued its toward pace as of late. Yankees, another one of those six teams to get a sweep, this time in the Queen City, another monster weekend from Aaron Judge. Luis Severino. Locked and loaded, made his 2023 debut yesterday, almost got through five. But once again, another foreign substance check kind of is the headline with a New York pitcher. This time it was Clark Schmidt who was pitching really well. Uh, He had some kind of tackiness on his hand, glove side. So Brian Onora and all the umpires gave it a look. They determined it was not a foreign substance, made him go wash before he came out. So another hand-washing incident. David Bell, the Reds manager, comes out and starts arguing. And then he gets ejected. Schmidt stays in the game. Were you okay with how this whole thing went down? I just don't understand what's going on. Like, you use the legal substances, which is just rosin. It makes your hand tacky. That's the point of it, Chris. So, of course, his hand is going to feel tacky if he's using rosin and sweating a little bit. That's the whole point of rosin is to tackify your hand so you can get a grip on those balls. That's the whole point. Now, the rule is if it's excessive, like, that's not okay. In my mind, I'm fine with that letting them go wash their hands off so it's not so tacky. But, again, like, where's the line? Like, 
I know they've been expertly trained, but like each crew sees it differently. I just, I don't understand. Like, of course his hand is going to be tacky. And if there's no pine tar on it, if there's no foreign substances, illegal substances, then what are we even doing? Like your hand is going to be tacky. I just don't, I don't get it. I, David Bell, I'm not sure why you want to go get thrown out. If they explained to him that, hey, it was just rosin, but it was a little bit too tacky, so we wanted him to wash it off. Like, you shouldn't be that upset about that. I know you're probably doing your job, and you just it's better for your team if he gets thrown out. But I, I, we got to like figure this out because it's 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 pretty frustrating. And as much as I don't like starting pitchers and them messing around, like they're in a weird spot now. Like you're just using what's given to you, and you're having to go wash your hands and you're not sure like you might get thrown out if you use too much rosin, but no one can tell you where the line is because it differs from staff to staff talking about the umpires. I don't, I don't get it. Okay. Um, so I, I really need everybody's help out here because I want us to get answers. I am not pointing the fingers at the Yankees, even though they've been involved in the, in three fairly sizable incidents, right? This year, uh, yeah. because it's not fair. It's not fair to point, the finger at the Yankees, although Jonathan India said what they've been nailed four times. I think he's, I don't think it's been four times. I think it's been three, but I think obviously there's a perception getting around the league and with some fan bases that a lot of this is involving the Yankees. And some people feel like they're getting away with something. And some people feel like they're pointing the finger at the Yankees. I don't know where to sit with all of that. Uh, all I can tell you is I'm massively confused. So I am begging MLB. I have said, I would love to have somebody from the league offices on the Rose rotation where I can ask them the, the the questions that we as baseball fans have, because this has turned into a complete shit show. It really has. There's not one person that could say, yep, you know what? The Clark Schmidt incident went off perfectly because it didn't. And part of the problem was that David Bell did not explain himself on this one. They asked him the question and he said, well, it's fairly obvious what I was talking about. No, it's not. We, we didn't have a microphone in your discussion. Tell us, as baseball fans, what you were mad about and why you got kicked out. It might be a good reason. You might have people on your side. But you can't just say, well, it's fairly obvious. Because none of this is obvious. I am none of so confused. I am so confused. And if you know what's going to happen? If we don't figure this shit out during the regular season, it's going to leak into October. And then we're going to get into a situation where it's going to cost somebody a playoff game and or, or a playoff series. And then guess what? All the morning shows that don't ever talk about baseball is going to talk about how screwed up the sport is because they can't get their shit together. I don't want to see that happen. So I am begging people, please return my emails. I've sent out a few emails, baseball. Don't ignore me. Come on the show and just explain to us. We might all be like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. But right now we're all like, I'm confused. It's so funny because, you know, you see hitters and we're allowed to use pine tar on the bats, obviously. Like, like Vladdy, he had the baby blue jersey on, the whole uniform is baby blue. And you, on his pants, there's just pine tar everywhere. <laughs> but a pitcher, and I'm defending pitchers now, a pitcher can't use rosin because it's a little bit too much. But it's just doing its job. I'm just, yeah, to me, like, I, I don't, I don't get it either. Are we, and 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 I'll say this: the pitchers caused it. Starting pitchers and and relief pitchers, like you, caused all of this by going overboard. Okay. So like we're trying to figure out a line. We just haven't figured the but line out yet. But that's that's where it's embarrassing that that there isn't a line that has been drawn. 
But what's because the solution just, you know what? though? What's the solution? I don't know. I don't know how you can like have a line. I, I mean, the only thing I can think of, and I've referenced this on the show before, is let's look at the spin numbers. And if there's a jump, then we then we go. But like, why not? Jolly made a great point in your absence last week about that. Okay. He said there are some days where pitchers just feel better or are performing better. No, it's, it that's, but it's rel- that's, th- those jumps are relative to, to their velocity. So so you, I can counter in that because if they're feeling good and they're throwing harder, the spin's going to be more. But we have baseline, like, you know, per velocity where your spin is. Well, and like it needs I, to be I a substantial trust- jump for them to take action. If it's only 100 RPMs or something like that, there's no action to be taken. But when you're talking about a 300, 400 jump, then yeah, we'll take action. I, I don't know what the answer is. I would like to hear something, but we I would love to propose that question. I saw a bunch of pitchers calling games. I saw Shohei, you know, lose a few balls, just like totally non-competitive pitches. And it's like, it's, I feel like pitchers don't know the line of where I, what I can use to make sure I have a oh, I guarantee you that. Well, I'm going to talk to one of the most honest pitchers out there this week, Chris Bassett of the Blue Jays. So Ooh. we're going to cover a lot of that stuff. Uh, that'll be on next week's Rose Rotation. Hey, today's edition of Baseball Today presented to you by Bowman Baseball, which has history that dates back to 1948 when the first Bowman Baseball card was released following the end of World War II. It has become a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card on the next superstar. Now, Bowman mm. Baseball is an inclusive product designed for every type of collector, like a veteran, floof, a beginner like me, offering top-rated prospects, rookies, and veterans, Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everybody that's involved in the hobby. And here's the cool thing. Each year, there's new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Fame players. So those with their first-ever Bowman cards in 2023 include Drew Jones, Andrew Jones's kid, the number two overall pick by the Diamondbacks last year, Jacob Berry making his way up the Marlins food chain, Justin Crawford, Carl's kid, Billy's organization, Spencer Jones, power hitting left-hander in the Yankees organization. So find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball, available at your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com. All right, new series today on this Monday. Best one, or at least certainly the most intriguing one, involves the top two teams in the National League. Dodgers continue their road trip with a stop in Atlanta after the last three of four in St. Louis. Uh, L.A. calling up Gavin Stone to make the start tonight um, against Charlie Morton. Another top-pitching prospect, Bobby Miller, might make his Major League debut on Tuesday because they've got so many injuries. Atlanta hasn't even been a clean bill of health when it comes to their starting rotation. So do you think one, both, or neither of these NL powerhouses will make some sort of move during the season to fortify its rotation? I think they both could, depending on how, you know, the next month or so goes. I mean, you're bringing up Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller if you're the Dodgers. Bobby Miller has not had a great year in the minor leagues this year, and Stone's been okay. We've seen him already this year. If those guys come up and and can, you know, be decent, I think we still see a move by the Dodgers. And now I think what kind of move depends on what these guys give. If these guys are good, I think the Dodgers look for a rental piece, uh, like a Lucas Giolito or someone like that. Um, if they're not, if they don't show a lot of promise in their first 
three or four starts, then maybe we look at someone coming in with a couple years of control. I so I guess to answer your question, both these teams are going to make moves. Like they they both need to. They both understand what it means to have starting pitching depth come playoffs. And, you know, just throughout the season to save on your bullpen, there's a lot of things that starting pitching does for a team. So I think both could. Um, Elder's been great uh, for mm-hmm. the Braves. He's a young guy that's come up and been excellent. Nine games started with a 206. My goodness. Um, Schuster, a little bit different. Uh, he had a good start, his last start out, but a little bit different results there. So I think both teams will. I think it all just depends on, you know, how those young guys come up and perform in the next two months depends on that'll depend that'll we'll know whether they're going for a long-term piece or a rental piece at that point but i both i think both these teams are in the market for a starting pitcher yes see i see it a little bit differently i think it's the braves that play the rental game and the dodgers that could go for somebody who fortifies the rotation not only this year but in 2024 as well so i don't think i necessarily see it like lucas giolito um, who's been very good this season, go on over that direction. Here's part of the reason. The Dodgers have one of the top three or four farm systems in baseball. So they have room to give. When If they want to go for a bigger fish, guy that's got um, still more time on his contract instead of just a half year, they could go that direction. The Braves can't anymore, right? They fired their shot with Matt Olson and with Sean Murphy. They gave up a ton of prospects in those deals. So they are a bottom five organization when it comes to prospects for the most part. I don't think they had one guy in the MLB top 100 at the beginning of this season. Um, so that's the way I see it playing out. But I think both teams will do something, right? I think the Braves are kind of holding their breath on Max Freed. The Dodgers are doing the same on Dustin May. Uh, you know, and, and if you're the Dodgers, we don't know Kershaw's going to be a year-to-year guy. Urias is a free agent at the end of the season. I'm not so sure they feel great about their Noah Syndergaard situation this year. So if you can get a guy that can help you try and win the World Series this year and lock him into the rotation in 2024, that's double good, as a friend of mine used to say. So you think both teams are going to make a move? It just depends yes. on you think, I think the it's Braves, the because they're, they they do not have prospect capital to go land a guy with service, with an extra year of service. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. But look, sometimes, Chris, it's not only prospects that get dealt in trades. That's true. I don't see the Braves. I don't know where they would go. Yeah, I don't know where they would go. I mean, you look at their A Von Grissom could could fetch you something nice. And I know they extended RC in spring training, and he has been phenomenal. He has been great. I don't know if if you want to live with that possibility of what's that giving up Von Grissom, why not? Well, I mean, all we heard in the off season was, Hey, we can let Dan's be go. Cause we've got Von Grissom. And then what Maybe did we hear of... in spring training? He wasn't ready. There's a difference between not being ready today and not being the dude in 18 months. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's dangerous. They are Richie, possible. my guy that I played a hacky sack with at the draft. I like that. Is he even eligible like to be that. traded yet? He had a year Good in question. the system, I think, right? I don't know. I forget when Dansby Swanson was traded. Remember, he was the number one overall pick by I Arizona think it has to be a year. You have to be in the system for right a year, so there. it's almost there, yeah. Um, 
Orioles, another one of those six teams that had an impressive sweep. We will be talking about them on Tuesday's show. They got a big series with the Yankees. It'll be starting then. They took care of business north of the border. Huge come-from-behind victory against Romano and the Jays on Saturday. Uh, got a five-hit performance from Cedric Mullins on Sunday. So here we go. The Jays, last Monday we were talking about if they were the team to beat in the AL East after they swept the Braves, and then the rest of their homestand turned to shit. They lost three of four against the Yankees. They got swept by the Orioles. There was a lot of chirping, not only against the Yankees and the Aaron Judge side eye and all that stuff. It continued this weekend with Manoa and Adam Frazier and then John Schneider losing track of how many times the team had visited the mound. So Manoa had to get pulled. It felt a little bit like a shit show. Do things feel unsettled (laughs) with this team right now? Or was it just a bad week? I think it's just a bad week. I could see how you could make the assumption that it does feel unsettled. The the Schneider thing is interesting to me. I don't know how you miss out on that. Jake had some wild theories about it. He said that maybe he didn't want to pull Manoa, or he wanted to pull Manoa, but didn't want to physically actually do it. So he played this game where he forgot that it was the second trip. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> Because Manoa's been struggling a little bit, and he had a decent start, so you know, get out of there while you're while the getting's good. Uh, I think it's more just a, a tough week of baseball. I mean, the, like the Orioles are playing great. I know the way you lose those games against them, late leads, and you lose in extra innings, that's tough. Uh, but the Yankees have been playing good ball. The Orioles have been playing excellent baseball all year long. So I think you could chalk it up to a tough week. You know, this is kind of the team that they are. They're for some reason. Blue Jays fans don't like it when we say their team's like chippy and kind of like, you know, plays like that. But that's, that's, they do play like that. Their manager is like that. We saw that in the, mm-hmm. the Yankees series. I mean, they like, they like to talk and they like to play like that. So I think it's more indicative of just a tough week against two pretty good clubs that are playing well. I think the Blue Jays are going to be there. I know they're in last place. They're still three or four games over 500. Um, I, I like, I like the Blue Jays still, so I'm not giving up on them. I think things can feel unsettled at times for any team during a year, during 162. So the Schneider thing to me was the worst. Like, that just can't happen as a manager. Like, it's shocking to me that a bench coach didn't grab him by the belt and say, where are you going? But maybe they just figured out he's going to take him out. I don't know. So that part did feel unsettled to me, but I, I think it's more just a bad week. Yeah, I mean, Pete Walker, who's the pitching coach, Don Mattingly, who's the bench coach, one of those guys you would imagine just has to say, hey, so you're taking him out? Like the minute he gets up off that step, I I think that that's it. It's just embarrassing, if nothing else. It does look a little disorganized when that happens. Uh, To me, the bigger issue is twice against the Yankees, we saw John Schneider and Pete Walker doing this. It's one thing if your players are chirping. When your manager and your pitching coach are doing that on a consistent basis, not like a one-off, whoa. Like, then it looks weird. I'm sorry. How often do you see managers and coaches bitching at each other where it's caught on camera twice during a series? Not that often. Okay. Now, I'm not saying every manager and pitching coach has to be cut from the same cloth. I like personality. I like guys being themselves. But, man, that... That's weird. It's weird. Am I wrong? I, don't know. I mean, yeah, like you can't change who you are as a person. So if you're naturally fiery and all this, like, that kind of thing, I don't know. 
I think it coincides with a bad week of baseball, so we're talking about it a little bit more. If if the Blue Jays had you know won during this week and they were fired up, like, dang, I like their energy, I like their passion, right? Wouldn't we be saying that? Probably, and and there is a really fine line, and and you can argue both sides of it. So that's an excellent point by you because I do. One of the reasons I always seemingly pick the Blue Jays to to do well in the playoffs is because they could go on a Padres type run last year, and Don't their team that plays with their hair on. No, well the pot. Well, hold on here. The Padres, Padres made stink it right now. Yes, they do, but they, uh, their passion also enabled them to make it all the way to Game Five of the NLCS last year. I have a funny story about that. I was talking to someone in the Dodgers organization, and he said the way to beat the Padres is play fundamentally sound baseball. That's it. True. Yeah. Don't let them have extra chances. Just make the plays. Play fundamentally sound, and you're going to beat the Padres. And they have been beating the Padres this year. This isn't the first time I've said it. I think the Padres and the Blue Jays are on very similar emotional paths the way they play the game, which makes it fun for me to watch. It also can make it maddening at times. I don't know. We'll see. All right, last thing before we get out of here for the day. Uh, Giants playing better baseball, one of the reasons I'm wearing their hat, but also because I was not invited to the wedding over the weekend at Oracle Park. Yes. Somebody (laughs) said, I do, out there in right field during the game. She even threw the bouquet, and some Giants fan caught it. Thumbs up. Or thumbs down on a wedding during a game? Oh, I think people are not going to like my take on weddings here. It looks like this might be their second wedding. Oh, God, you didn't just say that. Well, I'm sorry. I know that. that Well, that doesn't mean anything anyway. I don't even know why I said that. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not like a huge fan of weddings. That's that's the take that I have. I'm not a huge fan. Just in general? Well, okay. I if I could go back, oh my gosh, I'm getting in trouble for saying this. I think people should just like get married with a very small ceremony and then throw like a party. Save money. Like spending a bunch of money on your wedding is a fool's errand. I don't know why people do it. I don't get it. I it's like this magical thing for one day, and then what? You're out all this money. Like keep it small, throw a little bit of par- throw a party. Like it's, it's an intimate thing. So keep it intimate. I don't mind this. I don't think this costs a lot of money. So I'm, I'm kind of in on it. I think that's where I lie. Like don't, don't go broke on your wedding is my take on weddings. How many people came to your wedding? A lot, like 250 or something. That's because it's like a <laughs> Egyptian fan. We have a million cousins and that was awesome. I loved it. I had a great time at my wedding. It's like, yeah. Probably the best day of my life because I got to keep Olivia forever. Uh, but the more and more I think about weddings, I'm like, dude, like we and we didn't spend a lot of money on our wedding. And Olivia tells me that all the time. She's like, at that point, you like weren't making a lot, so we didn't spend a lot, and she's happy about that. So we're kind of on the same wavelength there as far as like let's just keep it simple for the wedding. Yeah, but if you would, if you were getting married today after your career and you had some dough in the bank. That wedding would have looked a little different. I don't know if it would have. I'm serious. We're, we're oh, yes, it weddings. would have. We're aligned yes. on weddings, Olivia and I. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, so I brought it up to Michelle. She's always my um, emotional barometer. And she said, who am I to reign on their day of happiness? I'm not going to tell them that Agreed. it's ridiculous. If that's where they, they wanted to get married, you don't know their their background. 
I was like, oh, okay. I was ready to slam those people. There she goes. That's that's why Michelle's the best. So love is love. Uh, tip of the cap. We wish you nothing but the best. Your nuptials. Welcome. Where to was the their honeymoon? Into the rest of your life, huh? That's uh, what I want to know. Coat. Yeah. Just right out there. I don't know. I loved my wedding. I just want to say September 6, 1997, out here in the Los Angeles area. We had 197. What a great year 97 was. Why was that? I don't know. I just, I think about the late 90s and I just, it was, it was a good time in my life. I was, you know, okay. like 11, 12 years old, no responsibilities. Yeah. Just right, started to get really good. At I was baseball. young when I got married, by the way, everybody. Had my first kiss at huh. 13. And uh, I think I got my o- first kiss that day. I was in Oklahoma, I believe. This like 16 year old chick kissed me. All right. Enough. This is going to, this is going down <laughs> dirty road. Um, don't forget Blitzball Battle 3. We just had our first team eliminated from the playoffs yesterday. I'm sure the office is buzzing about that one. If you, if you didn't watch the game between Pinstripe Strong and Baggage, please do. It was phenomenal for many, many reasons. Um, next game will be tomorrow. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation. Nathaniel Lowe of the Texas Rangers was outstanding. Really, really good. Funny. Uh, some really good stuff on the Rangers. Excellent. I highly recommend it. And we are back at it again on Tuesday, correct, sir? Yes. Awesome. I'm here this week. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Roar. And the super talented and always entertaining Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.